Hello there, and thanks for joining me in today's broadcast of the Psychology Report. Forgiveness. That's the topic today, forgiveness. You know, over the last number of years, on the political scene, we have had an increasing amount, an enormous amount, of activity in the area of hurting the feelings of others. Broadcasters, newscasters, commentary, experts, etc. Make statements and make accusations and express themselves in derogatory terms and are sarcastic and are mean-spirited towards others as never before in history, to my knowledge, in my experience. In other words, we live in a very mean-spirited world and people hurt other people. And they do it deliberately. And then when they're caught, <laughs> they have to get out of that situation in some way. So they appeal, they appeal to some type of statement of forgiveness, which is hollow, which is shallow, which is nonsensical. That's why I'd like to talk about forgiveness a little bit today. And you're a person who is in need of forgiveness. Listen, you're a person who needs to seek forgiveness. Listen, if you know somebody who's in a difficult situation where forgiveness would be helpful, pass this on to them. Have them listen. You know, I wish that we could have this be heard by all the newscasters today and all the commentary individuals today that speak out in public in very brash terms. Now, one can say that the Democrats do it more than the Republicans. One can say, it, you know, one ethnic group does it more than another ethnic group doesn't matter. The point is that it hurts and that it does not help. Criticism and pain infliction divides people, separates people, makes people antagonistic towards each other, does not lead to coming together and problem solving. It does not lead to decision making. It leads to separation. It leads to the divorcing of individuals and the divorcing of people from organizations and divorcing of people from policies and ideas and values. Divorcing people from churches. Divorcing people from organizations. In other words, when you speak out in hurtful ways, it's permanent for all practical purposes. Now, you may have an act of forgiveness and so on, but people don't forget. People don't just let that go unless there's a unique experience of forgiveness and that's what I'd like to talk about now several years back I was in Africa and I learned a little bit about the African way of forgiveness and I just this is only one area of Africa and it's one approach probably it's probably not universal in Africa but it certainly was part of it the king's hut the king's hut in a tribe had a pole near the entrance, right in front of the entrance, but a little bit back from the entrance of the uh, king's hut. And if you wanted to forgive, if you wanted forgiveness of something, you wanted the king's forgiveness, you had to get to that king's hut and somehow get to touch that pole. Now, the problem was that there were guards at the gate, there were guards at the doorway, and you had to somehow figure out how to get past the guards and touch that pole. So it was a matter of strategizing. It was a matter of waiting. 
It was a matter of waiting for the specific opportunity to touch the pole of forgiveness. Maybe that would take hours. Maybe it would take days. You know, it might take a long period of time. Who knows? But you could not have forgiveness unless you were able to get through the guards and touch that pole, the entrance of the king's hut. So you had to wait. You had to figure it out. You had to think it through. You really had to be determined that you wanted forgiveness. Then once you touched the pole, you had to tell the story to the king. You had to tell your story of what you did and what went wrong and why you are sorrowful and why you want forgiveness. And in other words, it would take time to tell your story. You couldn't do it just in a matter of a sentence or two, not even a paragraph. You had to sit there and unfold that story and discuss that story with the king. In other words, you had to give thought to it. And you had to be very prepared that you understood the nature of the incident, your role in it, and why you wanted forgiveness. And then you have to plan for your new life. Part of the story was to tell the king what you're going to do differently. How you're going to live life differently. How you're going to live life anew. And not repeat that kind of behavior pattern again. Not engage in that kind of behavior again. But to live a new life of honesty and integrity and goodness. And then you had to ask. You had to ask the king for forgiveness. And then the king had to consider that. And then you had to receive his forgiveness. So it was asking for his forgiveness and then receiving his forgiveness. That's the key. Now, there was also a role of punishment. Just because you had forgiveness didn't mean you were not punished. You did wrong. The king had the right to punish you according to the crime. And whatever the punishment was, you were to accept that and fulfill that punishment because that was part of the forgiveness. See, forgiveness never eliminates punishment. It absolves you from guilt and negative feelings. But when you act on the basis of the punishment for the crime, for whatever it was, you then become a free man. You then become a free woman. So it's asking and then receiving the forgiveness and carrying out the punishment. And that whole process is what took place in the forgiveness of an individual. Now, <laughs> we're not in Africa. We don't have an African strategy or means of doing it. But you know, it wasn't too bad. Maybe we ought to have that. That process is really not too bad of a process. It might help us if we implemented something like that or some modification to it but let me give you some of the steps to forgiveness that need to be undertaken just because a newscaster makes some statement and then says, oh well, i'm sorry i didn't mean to hurt anybody or if anybody got hurt by what i said please accept my apologies because i didn't mean it i mean that's not forgiveness that's a statement of just denial and passivity Here's, where, here's what forgiveness really comes down to. What went wrong? What went wrong, number one? What did I say that was wrong? What did I do that was wrong? What was my intent? What went wrong 
in the situation between you and another person or you and an organization or you and a group of people. What went wrong is the question. That's first of all what you have to acknowledge. Because if you don't know what went wrong, there's nothing to forgive. You don't know what to forgive or ask for forgiveness. So what was wrong? What was wrong? What went wrong? Number two is, to whom did I did wrong? Who was wrong in the process? Who got hurt? Specifically, who got hurt? You know, you can't just stand up and say, well, if anybody got hurt by what I said, I didn't mean it. You can't do that. Who was hurt in the process? Was it a group of people? Was it an ethnic group? You know, was it an organization? You know, was it a political party? You know, was it a group of sub-people of some kind? Who, who, was, who got hurt by something I did or something I said? That's the second part. You've got to acknowledge, you know, who got hurt in this. Because that's, <laughs> that's who you have to have forgiveness from. If you don't know who got hurt, then how can you get forgiveness, right? Okay, number three was sorry for the way you acted. You gotta respond in that way. You gotta be sorry for the thing you did that perpetrated hurt upon somebody and that it was wrong to do so. So sorry for the way you acted. You gotta ask, you gotta admit, you gotta acknowledge you were sorry for the way you acted. And then that follows, obviously. Because of how you acted, somebody got hurt. And that there was something wrong about it. So that's, that's the story, so to speak, that you have to unfold if you're going to have forgiveness. And then, number four is, you have to pursue correct. You have to pursue correctness. You have to pursue healing. How can you correct the situation? How can you help somebody recover from the hurt and the pain that you perpetrated upon them? How can you bring healing into the life of another individual, a group of people? you got to ask. you got to think it through. You have to pursue what is the correct way of doing things and pursue the healing process because you have to be part of the healing process. You were the person that perpetrated hurt upon somebody, so you have to be the person who perpetrates healing upon that same person. How can you correct it? What's needed to correct it? And then number five, you have to promise never to do that again. You'll never do that again. This is not how you're going to behave. You're going to change your behavior. You're going to change the way you act. You're going to change the way you behave. And do it differently. So never again will you behave in that manner. Not just to hurt that person that you hurt one time, but hurt anybody else in the future. And then the last part is to promise to do better. And to actually implement an act, a strategy, a plan to help somebody, to help others. You have to promise to do better, but you have to also do better. You have to show that you will do better. You have to begin a process of doing better, acting better. They demonstrate that you are a different person and demonstrate that you're going to be a different person. And demonstrate that you're going to be helpful, not harmful. You know to others so it's a strong process and that's genuine forgiveness that's genuine forgiveness you say we would do well to learn from our African brothers as to how they did things 
And here's the process that we can follow. So newscasters, people in politics, people in government, people in big business, people in small business, people in churches, you know, people in organizations, people in clubs, people in neighborhoods. When you hurt somebody, this is the process of forgiveness. This is the process of reconciliation. This is the process of rebuilding relationships and making them positive and strong for the future. The African way, great. What I outlined also, great. We'll call it the American way. But we better do it. This nonsense of standing up in front of an audience and say, well, if I hurt somebody, please forgive me because I didn't mean to. Well, that doesn't mean anything. You see? Because it's only a very, very small portion of the process of forgiveness. Well, thanks for joining me today on the Psychology Report and the topic of forgiveness. And uh, think it through. Act on it. Go and listen to this tape again and um, write down the point so that you can you know what they are. But certainly share them with somebody else who is in a forgiving mode at this point in time in their life for whatever reason it might be. Okay? But um, forgiveness is a critical part of life. It helps us come together. It helps us rebuild. It helps us re-glue. It helps us reestablish. It helps us reunite when there's been hurt that has separated. So thanks for being part of it. And go to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. And I recommend to you again the um, Crisis Pregnancy Center of your community. And uh, it's called different things in different communities. Crisis Pregnancy Center, uh, Pregnancy uh, Crisis Center, something of that nature. But if you have one in your community, go and help them. Volunteer if you like. Or certainly send them a few bucks. They need it. The one in Fresno is moving to the corner of uh, Van Ness and Olive. So get down there for their open house next week next Sunday. So uh, this would be a great opportunity for you to become part of their life and become part of their new move. Uh, So their address is going to be 1127 East Olive Avenue. 1127 East Olive Avenue. And they have a open house from 1 to 4 next Sunday, which is the 17th of September. So that's their grand opening and their open house. So go over and say hello and then leave a few bucks behind. They'll appreciate it, okay? Okay, bye for now.